Welcome to Stories with Soul. I am your host, Jamie Ice, musician turned entrepreneur and co-founder of 6th Ave Homes and 6th Ave Storytelling. Over the past 10 years, I have launched multiple successful businesses and have become obsessed with all things entrepreneurship and marketing. I've been on a personal quest to unpack what it takes to make and grow a great brand. One thing that I've discovered is that stories are powerful and that storytelling has the power to set a brand apart. Join me as I dive into the stories of the heavy-hitting leaders, entrepreneurs, artists, and business owners in our community to hear their biggest wins, greatest losses, and their best business secrets. There's a story behind every great brand. Welcome to Stories with Soul. We are brought to you by 6th Avenue Storytelling, an organic marketing company helping small businesses grow by crafting and sharing their stories. When small business thrives, cities and communities prosper. You're obsessed with your business and we want to make the world obsessed with it too. Stories with Soul is brought to you by the Fort Worth Business Press, your source for news and business information in and around Fort Worth. Sign up for the Business Press's twice daily newsletter or become an insider using the storytelling coupon code STORYTELLING10, all one word, to stay up to date with the people, companies, and issues that matter most to Fort Worth. Head to fortworthbusiness.com to subscribe. I am a huge fan of the Business Press. I've been a subscriber for years. It keeps me up to date with everything that is going on in Fort Worth. Love it. Go subscribe for the newsletter. You won't regret it. Welcome to Stories with Soul. I am your host, Jamie Ice. I'm joined by my co-host, Jimmy Williams. And today we have a very special guest, Stefan Rochelle, What's up? who is chef entrepreneur chefpreneur chefpreneur Chef yeah there we go that's, that's yeah business owner on that. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's, that's and you, you just have you're doing a lot of cool things yeah very cool i'm very very blessed to have two business partners that have the same kind of passion and energy i do Kyle bryson and wallace owens so we pretty much try not to say no to anything unless it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> Which we're, we're going to get into that. I just I asked him earlier what he's working on. Well, I'm I'm not going to try to summarize. Yeah, it. I don't sleep like, a lot. There was like 20 things. But Wishbone and Flint, yep. the Amber Room. Yep. You started the Barry Street Ice House. Yep. Parker County Ice Parker House. Parker County Ice House. You were the head chef at Max's Max's Wine Dive here in mm-hmm. town. He is he was a, awarded top chef in Fort Worth. 2015. 2015. Yep. But but just you in my mind are are. I, I know you had a little bit of time away, but just a, yeah. a Fort Worth institution in the food world. Yeah, I mean, I think that that I attribute everything to the people of Fort Worth because it is the biggest little city in America. Literally, I think we're what twelfth now. Yeah, census. Yeah, maybe eleven. But even though I did leave and I went to Houston for a bit, when I came back, everybody had open arms and they're like, "You're home. Come back home." Everyone here has a genuine vested interest in your success. Yeah, that's I would what say I that's love true. about Fort Worth and people. You, I, I feel like also in the in the food world, you are a lot of fun. I yeah. I mean, what's the point if you're not? If you're not having fun, there's no reason. <laughs> there's a lot for of people it. that are as fun, but but I feel like like people like every every time I I see you in, at an event or party, if you're talking about people, love you because one, I, like crazy kind, mm-hmm. treat people right, and and just I feel like you are bringing a lot of fun and energy and kind of a, a new spirit to the the world of food. Yeah, I think that it's. Everybody thought Fort Worth was meat and potatoes for the longest time. It was like Dallas is 10 years ahead of us and Austin is 10 years ahead of them. I don't think that's true anymore. There's so much more parity in it that why does it have to be that way? Because they said it was. That doesn't make any sense. I was like, if it tastes good, eat it. Like, yeah, put it together and go from there. So we like to be loud and have fun and 
loud. I don't. Hints. Get, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is not quiet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's like I don't. Don't stick me in a corner. Where and just be like, don't, don't, don't here's here's your risotto. Yeah. I say no. I'm like, I'm gonna be up front. I'm gonna be like, ah, this is just this. Is what you, you get. Were you like that as a kid? Have you always been like? No, not very, really. Very it didn't really come out that way until really until my wife and I started dating. I mean, I've well, I take it back. I was a bartender for a long time before I was ever a chef. Okay. So I had to create this like alter ego kind of thing. Okay. Now it's just kind of morphed into my regular ego. <laughs> but my wife really kind of cultivated that. She's like, this is who you are. You need to really embrace it. She gave it. you like the, the safety net and the freedom yeah. to. She's like, this is who you are. This is, you should embrace it and enjoy it and stop this whole like introverted extrovert mentality. And it's like, this is who you are. Have fun with it. Mm -hmm. And so. My kids are like me times 10, which is interesting. My five-year-old daughter is like the hospitality director. Yeah. My wife got her uh, chef coat for opening Wishbone. And oh, I'm like, where, cool. like, where did Bryn go? And she's, I look over, she's like talking to tables. She's like, <laughs> everything good? Everything good? Do you need anything? I'm like, you're four. <laughs> <laughs> but she probably grew, she grew up around it. 100%. Yeah, in the business. I mean, she'll come in and just demolish a plate of mussels. Oh, And wow. everybody's like, is that kid eating mussels? I'm like, yeah, like oh, no that, chicken tenders for That's her. like my dream for my kids. It's awesome. It's, it's like, like she's not, there's not much she doesn't like, but she also keeps me in check. Like I'll yeah. do stuff in the house and I'm like, all right, what do you think? And she's like, this, this is needs more salt, dad. This <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. She's like, you have any pizza? And I was like, oh, <laughs> failure as a dad. Yeah, 100%. No. Yeah. And you're like, no more caviar for you. Like, yeah. <laughs> that mentality, right? So, just, so, so I, I, I want to go, I want to go back to Benny because yeah. so I, one of the things is I was just quick, quick doing a little bit of research, which I, I didn't know. I've, I've known mm -hmm. you, we've known each other for a little while, but you are totally self-taught. Yes. I went to culinary school for about two and a half weeks. <laughs> I grew up in the business. My dad ran and owned restaurants when I was a kid. Oh, really? So I always grew up in the kitchen doing something. And where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up White Settlement. Okay. What's so, a brewer? Okay. Uh, I moved here when I was six from Michigan, so I'm converted. I'm Fort Worth through and through. Okay. There we go. Um, so your your dad had a restaurant here? Yeah, just a couple here. He worked a lot of um, kind of like director of ops for some fast food chains. He was the guy that went in and fixed stuff. Okay. It's like, this isn't working. I'll go in and change it. And so I was always on the side of him like in the kitchen doing something. So by the time I went to culinary school, it's like, like, this is how you chop an onion. I'm like, I give you 50 grand. Like, when do we start cooking? Mm. And they're like, oh, that's next semester. And I was like, yeah, I'll just go get paid to learn. And just immerse myself in the restaurant scene. I was a bartender for a long time. And then where, where'd you bartend at? Oh man, where didn't I bartend at? Uh, I've worked Fort Worth side. It's like, I cut my teeth with restaurant bartending with Papa's group. Okay. Papa's restaurant. That's where I really started cooking. But before that was like, and their training dudes. is training is hardcore. And Papa's like the most militant, hardcore. militant. Yeah. It's kind of like being a teenager at home. Why are my parents so strict? And then you find yourself implementing the same policies when you're an adult. Mm -hmm. yeah. But uh, I did a lot of speed bar uptown Dallas, uh, Addison Dallas, Duke's Roadhouse. Um, that's pretty much where I got really found my personal self, I guess. Okay. So my wife and I met at Papacitos on Northwest Highway. Okay. It's fun times. And when were you like, I, I want to be in the kitchen? Oh, uh, that's probably, what is this? Probably 08. Okay. And I was really just like, all right. And you went to, you were like, I'm going to pay the money and go to school yeah. for it. Yeah. And I literally two weeks later, I was like, this is dumb. <laughs> it, not, so, I mean, it just wasn't, it did, I take that back. It wasn't just dumb. It's, it didn't make sense to me. Culinary school is good for a lot of people because it's structure, it's technical, it's all these things. It just wasn't for me. I'm not a school kid. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. It just, I just not, I'm more applicant, like vocational. 
That's how I learn. You I want to get see your hands it, dirty. Get my hands dirty. And that's how I learn things, not on paper. So how do you get started as a chef, right? Like I'm assuming this is like, you know, in, in people's minds, they're young, they're going to go to college and they graduate in business. And so they go get a business job. If you're in culinary school, you're just magically going to be a chef somewhere. So if you don't have school. That's the misconception. Exactly. Though. Right. You don't, you don't get out of culinary school and become a chef. Yeah. You become a dishwasher. Yeah. That's what I was going <laughs> to ask you is, <laughs> it's does it matter either, either way? Do you, don't you have to start at the bottom anyways? Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Which yeah. does, so I'm like, okay. So now it's like you get these kids to come in and they're like, oh, well, I just need to know costing and I can be an exec. I'm like, you need to get yelled at for three years. Okay. Like you need to just understand. <laughs> That's that. our first lesson yeah. there. Yeah, it is. It's like, it's just one of those things. Like there's so much more to the business than just creation. Yeah. Like you need to know, all right, if I don't, like if you cut this much off the end of a cucumber versus this much, like how much that costs, like what the waste is on that. Oh. And everybody wants a raise, but nobody wants to know how to get it. Oh. So it's labor, sales, waste of product, cost of goods. All these things have but to that's, come together. That's the business entrepreneur. Like, the, I, I, my assumption is I'm making I'm yeah. making assumptions is that you didn't learn that the business side of it until much later, or or you. I'm constantly learning. I'm just one of those people who like to pay attention. So is that why you got promoted fast? Because you were like yeah. cooking stuff, and he's also. Counting. I understand the the business side of it because have you always cared about business? Uh, I've always wanted to own my own restaurant. Okay, one facet of or another as as front of the house or back of the house, but like part of that is working through corporate restaurants, Don Pablo's, Papacitos, whatever that looks like. Going to open stores as a corporate trainer, you see the good, the bad, and the oh my god! And you were a corporate trainer. Mm-hmm. I've done all that, and so it's like so bar bartender. I want to know everything. The big picture. Right. Okay, so walk me through the timeline. So you were bartending. Yeah, so I started as a server with Don Pablo's when I was like okay. 19. Okay. And I became a bartender and I became a bar coordinator is what they called it. And you would go to stores and learn, help them open a store. Spend a month, come back, work in your own store for two months, go open another one. But you, you'd see these different people, the way they operate, and you're like, mm, that's not going to work. But then you see other people and you're like, oh, man, I've never seen it done that way. And so that registers with you. So later on as we're opening things on our own, I'm like, Hey, that's not going to work. And they're like, why? I was like, cause I've seen it and it doesn't work. And you're saying that as like a 20 year old kid. Yeah. And with the people listening to no, you. No, absolutely not. <laughs> they're like, what do you know? Yeah. Like, Wait, did you get that from your dad? Like, or did you just, in- yeah, I mean, I've just always paid attention. And like one of the biggest lessons my dad taught me is about vendors. Right. So it's like, you got all these people that come in trying to sell you something, sell you something, sell you something. But the people you work with, this business is about handshakes and smiles, not emails and phone calls. Because you don't know at 530 on a Friday and something doesn't show up and you call that person and you need their help. If you're an a-hole to them on the daily, they're not going to answer their phone. So kind of. Oh, man. Hold on. Can I, that, that was a just that line. <laughs> this business is about handshakes and smiles. Yeah, not emails and phone calls. That's a great line. Yeah. Well, first, like, our first lesson. Yeah, of the day. first lesson. Lesson, number, <laughs> lesson number two. So we're church. Don't yesterday. be an a hole. <laughs> we're church yesterday. It's like, don't find your purpose. Find your people. Explain that. Unpack that for me. So like, you find your people that are here together. Your your tribe, whatever that looks like, mm-hmm. that are all going to lift each other up, right? And as you do that, you'll find your purpose together. Mm-hmm. Because you can't find your purpose by yourself. Mm. It, and that kind of ties into what you're talking about with your wife. Your right. Wife. Hundred percent. Really. 100%. really I mean, I say this all the time. I was like, we t- the, the quintessential line behind every strong businessman is a stronger woman mm-hmm. driving you or kicking you in the butt or whatever that looks like. 
my wife is a great God-fearing woman that just pushes and pushes and pushes. Even when I don't think I need to be pushed, she's still pushing. Interesting. How 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 long have you been married? Uh, we've been married. It'll be eight years on the third of January. Okay. And how long have you been together? Fifteen. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. 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 She won't let me forget that. Either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he drug his feet as long as possible. <laughs> and so, do you, do you feel like that's sort of like the secret to y'all's? sauce so to speak yeah 100 percent. She's, she's awesome a driver yeah 100 like yeah, well yeah because you fact. you hear people in like the culinary world or as a chef and they're like i mean you know it's just working all of those hours and stuff like do you feel like that helped you guys since y'all met in that industry the same industry she understands a lot more yeah than someone that's not in the business and doesn't understand the demands yeah um I mean, she gets it. Like opening restaurants, she's like, I'm not going to see you for 90, 90 days. And yeah. it is what it is. If I want to see you, I need to come to work. <laughs> that's And that's that's of, crazy. But right? It is crazy, yeah. but it's awesome at the same time. Yeah. Because I do have a partner that's understanding and gets it where if I'm like, I'm not going to lie to you, I slept in a restaurant probably three nights a week at Wishbone. Oh, wow. Open because it's like. You have to swing so hard in. Yeah. Because like get, I get off at one. I have to be back at seven. It's a 40-minute commute home each way. By the time I actually get to sleep, I get like two hours and I'm back at work. So, mm -hmm. And that, I, I think that's <laughs> – we, we haven't even gotten to the story part, but this yeah. is so fast. Right. But I, I think that's something that I, – I think, one, that's probably true for starting restaurants. But that's mm -hmm. also true for starting businesses in general. 100%. If you're not 100% committed, you're not – and it's never easy. It's never you. It's always, it's always, you're doing always it wrong. It, it is. Yeah, hundred percent. It, it, it gets there, but there's always. There's, I always tell people there's no such thing as balance. No, you're swinging in really hard here, mm -hmm. and then eventually you might get to swing really hard out. But right. but to start something, yeah. you, I mean, it's it's a it's, it's like a having whip. a baby. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's um, and then this yeah during opening wishbone we were having a baby. <laughs> oh so yeah, oh my gosh, man. Yeah, it was fun. Oh man, it was fun. When? What was the timing of that? So we opened. So chefs get time off in January. That's when we get time off. So it seems like every time we take a wine trip, we have a baby. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, so no yeah. more wine trips. <laughs> but um, and we actually, I mean, we tried to have Liam. So we were really trying to have a boy. Mm -hmm. Went to Fredericksburg. Um, had a great trip. But opened Wishbone when we got back. So January twenty twenty. And he was born, or it's like, take it back. We went in January 19, went to Fredericksburg, got pregnant. We had him September 20th, and then we opened Wishbone January 2020. Oh, my wow. gosh. That 61 days before the pandemic. Oh, oh my, my gosh. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Let's, okay, we're skipping over a lot of your history, which I'm still curious about. Yeah. Let's. We can go back to history. I mean, it's fine. Let's do that first. Let's yeah. I, I'm still curious the transit the transition from doing that. I am now I own a restaurant. I'm starting mm -hmm. a restaurant. That's a there's a lot a lot a lot of chefs out there, mm -hmm. but there's very few that that get to the stage of, of one opening a restaurant and mm -hmm. then two having a successful restaurant and then opening more restaurants. Correct. So I'm I'm curious how you made the the <laughs> the jump from I'm dropping out of culinary school yeah. saying this I was is a, a I was a line cook at Papacitos. Okay. Um. Wife and I started dating. We did a lot of dinner parties. And so it was always like, I'm not coming unless Stefan's cooking. I was like, all right, well, that's kind of cool. And we just making kinda, stuff up? Yeah, just kind of whatever. Um, and Amber Schiffner, who my wife worked with, good friend of ours, was her 30th birthday. And I was like, I'm going hard in the paint. I'm going to do this like 13 course tasting dinner for her birthday, like 20 people. 
Mm-hmm. Did it out of my two bedroom townhome. Wow. <laughs> killed it. Killed it. How do you it's keep awesome. stuff like warm and. Oh, there was sh- everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, killed it. It was a great dinner. We had a lot of fun. And that's when Bree was like, hey, you should really look at. Bree's your some- wife. Yeah. This yeah. is something you should look at doing full on professionally. Um, and then brackets in the Hotel Palomar. Mockingbird 75. I remember Hotel Palomar. Yeah. And so the sports bar, massive sports bar. Yeah. She was looking for someone to come in and consult and fix what was going on. I was working at the Popsitos in Richardson at the time. I went down, talked to her. She's like, you want the job? And I was like, yeah, I'll consult for you. She's like, no, I need a, I need a chef. So I took a very unorthodox route to exec. I didn't go through all the channels. Mm-hmm. Um, Anybody that tells you, you they're the ready. relationship. This goes back to your first lesson. Yeah. It's the people, your tribe. A hundred percent. Anybody that tells you they're ready to be an exec for their first exec spot is lying to you. (laughs) I tell you, I was like, yeah, I was ready. No. Why weren't you ready? Why aren't uh, aren't people ready? What did they not know? The grand scheme of it all. Mm -hmm. Just everything that you don't think about going into that type of role. My first weekend at at Brackets was Mavs Portland. 2011 playoffs <laughs> and she was going through a lawsuit and so i had to e-verify the entire team and i lost 12 of 15 cooks because they were illegal wow oh wow so twenty-five thousand square foot restaurant game one mass playoffs me two cooks and a pizza guy oh, oh my, my god exactly and it's like 15 uh, 15 about an hour before tip off zero people in the building i'm like we might get through this okay <laughs> half hour Nope. Pat. 300 people. And my sous chef is like, what do we do? I was like, just cook everything. Yeah. We'll figure it out later. And we made it through. And I was like, nobody's leaving. We're going to fight through it to the end. This, There is an end to this. It's not like, oh, it's never going to stop. Worst shift of my career to date. That really, that, yeah, and that was your first and first, first exact like weekend. <laughs> was, was it like, because you just you just didn't you didn't ha- you didn't know it? Like if you would redo it, it now, you would have prepared well, for if it I would better. Have had or... Ten more cooks would have been a different story. Oh, yeah. too. I was extremely <laughs> overwhelmed. Um, it, but it's that tension too that that makes you. I love it. Yeah, I yeah. love being in the thick of it. Yeah, because a shift goes by like that. Mm-hmm. B, it's just. I like the energy. I like the drama. I like all of that. There's, I tried to work IT sales for a short period of time in a box, and I was like, I made a lot of money, but I hated life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just awful. I'm like, this is just boring. I don't talk to anybody. Restaurants are organic, and they change every day. It's different all the time. So went from there. Um, I got recruited out by Sisu Uptown Resort at Maple and McKinney. Um, brand new rebuild. Got to write my first menu. Got to do all of that. Um, were you prepared? Were you, were you good at that? Much more prepared. Okay. From everything I went through at Brackets. Um, we were a supper club. Saltwater pool in the back. We had like Oakenfold and Diplo. All those guys spun in the backyard. Oh, wow. Super fun. fun, right? That's cool. Um, like Erica Badu was our Tuesday night like resident. Like no she'd come way. in and spin. Wow. Super nice lady. Yeah. Unbelievable. Wow. Got, that's where I really started to get to meet a lot of musicians. Yeah, because you 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 have done a lot with a lot of musicians. hundred percent. Uh and we'll get in I'm part of the cool. Jenkins crew, so we'll get into that too. But like I was there for two years. They decided to go a different route. They wanted to get rid of the supper, supper club and go more like poolside, day club, food trucks, and it was just a difference of direction. Yeah. It was like cool. 
Um, Ed Hall, who's one of my best friends, runs uh, Lone Star Foods out of Austin, who I do a lot of business with. He's like, hey, they're opening a Max's Wine Dive in Dallas, and they want to open one in Fort Worth. Are you interested in that spot? I know the guy that you need to talk to. I did a couple tastings with them, landed that job. They're like, you're perfect. You're from Fort Worth. You know the people. Um, and that's really where my career exploded. Um, and I give that to two different reasons. One, the people of people of Fort Worth, um, and B, I got married, um, the first year I was at Max's and instead of my in-laws were like, you can do two things. You can go 90 days of marriage counseling. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Or you can go on Quest. I don't know if your Quest is Fellowship of the Sword, uh, based out of White Settlement at the time. Uh, Richard Henderson, very good friend. It's basically it's a men's retreat, hmm. six days. You're out in the middle of nowhere, 22 guys in your Bible. Wow. There's no electronics, no nothing. It's just you and the Word for six days. I got saved on that trip. So yeah, was was changed was my life. Faith a part of hundred percent, a little bit. Um, I had probably a year. When I was like 13, 14, where I lost like eight really close family members. And I was wow. like, this is stupid. I was like, there can't be a God if this happens, right? There's sure. Not really understanding the purpose of why he took those people for a reason. So I was very much against church at that point. And so, so my wife really kind of brought me back in. So if it. you're getting, so that you, <laughs> your in-laws say, I want you to go on this retreat. I was very much a believer in God. Okay. I was not a believer in church okay. at that yeah, time. That makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. I always looked at, I was like, church is just business. Like I didn't yeah. understand like why the first five minutes I'm in the door, they're asking me for money. Mm-hmm. I was like, if I want to give you money, I'll give you money. Yeah. yeah. But this is about me being here in a place of solace and all of that. Right. And so you know, my wife chipped away at it and finally got, and I'm like, all right, I'll do it. I got on the trip thinking I was going to have all this time on this five hour bus ride to do all my pre-work. That mm-hmm. I didn't do anything before I got on the bus. First thing out of the guy's mouth was like, if you've decided you're going to wait to do all this on the way, you are sorely mistaken. <laughs> I was like, oh. We interrupt this podcast to bring you an advertisement. Because everybody loves advertisements. and uh, But they, you, have, you have to do them. Every, all, all podcasts have them. Yeah, you do. They, they're pain. They're, they're soul-sucking for me <laughs> sometimes. But okay. this podcast yeah. is brought to you by Sixth Avenue Storytelling, an organic marketing company that helps businesses grow by crafting and sharing their stories. It's that, important stuff. That, that felt... That was borderline too cheesy, but I'm, I'm in on it. I'm <laughs> but, in on but, it. Seriously, but, but seriously. Yeah, but seriously. We started a company. Serious FaceTime. To help businesses grow. And we're doing some killer, killer stuff. And if you're looking for a solution to help grow your business, if you're an entrepreneur, an artist looking to build a brand. That's right. We would love to help you. You are obsessed with your business and we want to make the world obsessed with it too. So head over to sixavenuestorytelling.com to schedule a meetup. I would love to talk to you and see if we can help. That's right. We're going to help you. Yeah, we're going to help you. And that concludes this advertisement, Jimmy. Take it away, podcast. (laughs) But I mean, I've met lifelong brothers on that trip that talked to one yesterday who's actually opening a restaurant in Louisiana. He's like, I need some help. Wow. Awesome. Um, yeah, I got saved on that trip. So just saved my life. So just personal encounter with hundred percent with God yeah, on that trip. Absolutely. And that that changed that changed sort of the your course, sort of what you're saying. Like, yeah, I think it changed the way I approach things. Mm-hmm. And how how so? Um, humility for one. I had a lot of ego 
going into that. And I still did after I got off the bus and I got home. Um, yeah, it doesn't like instant. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not. So Max is one top chef, go through all that, won all the awards we could win here locally. And to kind of ground you too, that was sort of like your grounding. Yeah, a little bit. And then my director of ops went to Houston with Landmark Hospitality. It was like, they need a guy to redo this restaurant inside Saks at the Galleria. I was like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. I'm going to go change the world in Houston. Little fish, big pond, make my mark. Won every award I was supposed to win. I won Best New Chef, Second Best New Restaurant, all these wow. things. My clientele hated me. Why? I didn't listen to them. Mm -hmm. I cooked my food. <laughs> I didn't wow. cook what they wanted to buy. Yeah, you're like, I just want to, I, I want to do my own thing. Right. And so it's like that trip, nine, nine months, 14 days, was that's where I realized it's not about me. It's about cooking for people and serving people and really embracing my servant's heart and making that work because so you were wrong you felt like your attitude was like oh 100 percent, really and you like, feel like that was like a business like decision or like lesson or is this like a life lesson all, like all, all like around spirit, all yeah. around because my wife was pregnant with our daughter i was in houston by myself she stayed here because her mom was here mm -hmm. it was just not a good situation yeah it was very depressing um, all I did was work. Yeah. I was five minutes from the <clears> restaurant. So it was just constant. All I did was work. And I was like, this is awful. I just, I hated it. I didn't like myself. I didn't like anything. So four days before Bren was due to be born, I was like, I'm coming home. Yeah. I was like, this is not where I'm supposed to be. Was that kind of scary? Giving up a good gig? Um, no, I was relieved actually. Okay. Hmm. It was one of those, like, I just... The last two weeks I was there, I was like, this is not where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So I talked to a couple of my mentors and I was like, look, I was like, he's like, look, if you're not where you're supposed to be, then don't be there. Yeah. Do what you got to do. So packed up my stuff and came home. Kind of, I took 30 day sabbatical and helped really help with the baby. And I learned how to make oatmeal really, really well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but it was awesome to, to like to be able to be there with my daughter mm -hmm. and not like okay gotta go back to work bye yeah like getting to enjoy that first three days mm. was wicked awesome yeah and so how old's your daughter now she's she'll be five October thirteenth oh is she pre K kindergarten yeah pre K Pantigo Christian man That's she cool. loves it mm. she just walks around the house reciting scripture it's fantastic wow. it's, super, it's super cool I like how you called the the, the Houston experience a trip. It's like it's like you never really truly left, you know. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's weird. Like my heart is here. Yeah, and I realized that when I went because it never went to Houston. That's right. And you had all this momentum happening. I oh like yeah, it was, a, it was a stupid. Decision. And then you kind of disappeared. Yeah, yeah. I went north of the loop. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, because that's the whole thing. It's like, my wife was executive director of Miracle League Fort Worth when I left, and. Carrie Moon, city councilman, was a big part of the Fort Worth and the Arlington set up there because he had Arlington Music Hall. And he was like, he tried to recruit me for like a year and a half when I was at Max's. He's like, I got the steakhouse you'd be great for, blah, 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 blah. I was like, eh, it's Keller. You know? I, I moved my junior year to senior year and graduated from Keller. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to Keller. Like, yeah. yeah. Traffic's awful. Yeah. yeah. Finally talked me into it when I came home from Houston. And I was like, I'm going to get all these people to come north and come to dinner. Four people are not going north at 820. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> They're like, yeah. 
like there's no it takes an hour to go yeah. like it, it might be a one like a date night or anniversary or something like something that on a that's Sunday it, yeah. there's no traffic yeah that's right that's, that's right. right and so I was there for two years I mean we we built the business and grew the business it went from there but I was like I, I need to open my own place and you you said you felt like you you've wanted to do that for a long time right and so uh, Kyle Bryson who also owns my business partners now reached out to me via Facebook message and was like, Hey, I've been following you on Instagram and Facebook. See what you're doing. Love your food. Everybody I talk to talks very highly of you. Would you be interested in sitting down and talking about possibly opening something? And I was like, Oh man, it's like, this is it. And had those guys opened restaurants before they, uh, Kyle had a couple burger joints and they have a couple bars on top of it. And okay. then he'd open, he'd actually open chill in Louisville. Okay. okay. Or in Grapevine. I'm sorry. Um, the original. And so, He's like, would you be interested in sitting down? Went to the office, talked it out, prayed in the office, which I thought was super cool. And mm -hmm. I was like, all right, we had the same mindset, same goal, same passion. Let's put something on paper and see what we can get going. That's probably another 15 months. We tried to open something in downtown Arlington, couldn't make the numbers work. Finally found the space where Wishbone is currently and got that in motion. And it, that was had the Had you baby. already had the concept yeah. um, in place? I had the name and everything. I really wanted to do something super boutique. Less than 50 seats, no walk-in, no freezer, which is people Whoa, think you're mad. how do you do that? It's a lot of work. You have to have good. What? Yeah. You, you get stuff delivered every single every day? Every day. Every day. I have one three-door refrigerator. Wait, so hold on. Hold on. To, to de-jargon what that means. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I, have, I have a little bit of restaurant experience. Yeah. Not, right. But like your walk-in is a, like a giant refrigerator. refrigerator. Yeah. So you don't have to chase your tail all day looking going to get groceries or having groceries delivered you can prep large quantities and be prepared and so go through everything is fresh you everything don't. fresh every day and does anybody else do that uh i've I mean, never a couple small places that do it but i've never heard of a restaurant not having a walk-in or a freezer yeah that's a lot of fun <laughs> dude that that's crazy like it, is it, is it, is it people legit? Are like people are like are you mad yeah is it logistically you, yeah, is it like mad like logistically like that the, seems like the, logistically that's a nightmare, that's a nightmare is 100%. it 100 percent. okay okay so you, you you're <laughs> you're in the for the torture deal. so but that was part of your but this concept is, right the whole yeah. deal is like why do something the same as everybody else yeah why have a refrigerator and yeah yeah, yeah who cares well part, part of my deal is i don't like, want to keep so food overnight this is what i love about four too is like the group of chefs is we're always trying to push it the all out every day envelope, right yes yeah, yeah. i'm interrupting no no you're fine yeah. always trying to push the culinary envelope here yeah yeah and i figure well let's go hard in the paint and let's do something cool <laughs> Put that nobody your money else is where doing. your mouth is yeah yeah and so i was like we're gonna do everything fresh and my business partner's like no yeah. i was like yeah look it's like if you take a 10 foot by eight foot walk-in that's four four tops yeah okay and he's like okay i go four four tops a day turn them three times i'm like you're losing hundred sixty thousand dollars a year well that number speaks to him <laughs> and he's like cool no walk-in let's yeah. do this <laughs> and so you start thinking about it and you're like we want to be known as the best we wanted to have the best restaurant in Fort Worth. that was yeah. always our mm -hmm. goal and the only way to do that that's is a, that's to put a, that's yourself a, in a position. Sorry, that, that's a big ambition. Like you went into saying, "I want to have the best restaurant." Mm -hmm. I love that. I think everybody wants. I don't. I think everybody wants it, but people aren't going to say it or follow through with it. Yeah, that's true. People won't say it or follow through with it. Right, because if you think about it, you got all these chefs like myself, Marcus Pasley, John Bennell, Tuan Fam, Ben Merritt, um, Kevin Martinez, Victor over at La Onda. Blaine and Grace, Derek at Capital, like mm -hmm. we're all trying to make Fort Worth better. Yeah. Right. 
And so it's like, how do we do that? We'll, 10 years ago, that South Side area where we're in now, you didn't go down there. No. Yeah. We were all working for other people, Sarah, um, Sean, all of us down there. And now we all have our own spots driving the culinary force of Fort Worth. And so I think we're in a great spot right now in Fort Worth where the culinary scene is just ridiculously oh, good. Oh, it's cool. It's Absolutely. Good. And there's a, good, there's a good community. There's really good people. You just rattled off like just fantastic. Just off the top of my head. And I know I'm missing people. people. Please do not hold it against yeah. me if I didn't call your name so, out. So, but you said, I have a restaurant. I'm going to do a restaurant. These guys approached you. Mm -hmm. You said, yes, we're going to do this smaller thing. No, everything's fresh. No yeah. walk-in. And we, I want to make the best restaurant in Fort Worth. Right. And did you, you said you had the name? Yeah. What's the name? What's the name? Wishbone and Flint. So the Wishbone chair, which we have around the dining room, the chef's table, designed in 1947 by a Danish designer, took his uh, inspiration from the Ming Dynasty and the Vikings. First two cultures technically to dine communally. Flint makes fire. Fire makes food. We put a Y in it to make it look pretty. Yeah. <laughs> so it looks just really cool. And then get this. So fire one makes food. So I end up, I've had this name for probably God, four years maybe. Okay. And one of my investors is Garrett Flint, F-L-Y-N-T. Oh, that's oh, there you go. He came in two years later. Wow. So it was very fortuitous, very kind of cool little story that kind of oh, yeah. resonates through the restaurant. So, so you've been dreaming about it for a while. Oh, I've been dreaming for a long time. This is the baby. But doesn't every, like, chef that's working their way up, doesn't, don't, don't like, you know, if you get to that executive level, it's like. That's I, the only place you can go after yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, like. You go into ops. But I feel like making it just. First of all, making it to an executive chef is years, you know, and then to get to that restaurant space, I feel like that transition is kind of like a huge peak in your career. Yeah, I think. And most people don't make it, right? A hundred percent. They close in they the they first hundred days yeah. or so. Yeah. Um, I mean, we are beyond the point of blessed to have opened 61 days before a lockdown <laughs> and come out of it. Okay. And you were like rocking and rolling. Yeah, and then, we were packed. And then COVID packed. We, we won Best New Restaurant in 2020. You did it. It was the best. Yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. We had so yeah. much fun. And it, I, I mean, it's it's special. I, I, I like to think so. I think yeah. that Leslie Marshall, our designer, did a phenomenal job in the vision of what I wanted and what, where we were going, even though she wouldn't give me a storyline. I'm like, I need to see where it's at. She's like, just trust the process. It's uh -huh. like, I have a hard time trusting the process. <laughs> so it's like, I need to see it. But what she did with the Amber Room is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And the Amber Room is, is your speakeasy. Speakeasy, yeah. So we're, uh, it's kind of like Victorian London meets Morocco. That's and, good. That's a good. And we didn't do anything in that room other than dress it mm -hmm. and build the bar. It was like, we walked in, we're like, oh yeah, this is where we're supposed to be. Total God wow. So COVID hits. Yeah. You're rocking and rolling. When when's word? People are coming. It's like I, every time I went, it was like you had to make a reservation. You're still which still is there. a yep. new thing for Fort Worth. It is. Like people they, aren't used to making all good restaurants. People you don't have like to change. Reserve. People yep. do not like change. Ah, yeah. And they don't like being told no. And if you want to go to Wishbone, you have to have a reservation. Yeah. There's no pretty much, yeah. We get people like, uh, I need twenty five on Friday. I was like, uh, that's a buyout. <laughs> yeah, like what? I was like, I can't. No, I can't yeah. do it. And they're like, they hate no. Ooh, people do not like being told no. Not in Fort Worth, man. You're not used to it. No. Yeah. But uh, we we pivoted very well. Um, I mean, John really kind of led the charge of how to, to Bonnell. pivot. You're talking yeah. about John Yeah, Bonnell. Um, curbside and family style meals. And it's like, it was kind of perfect because the whole thing with Wishbone was about breaking bread mm -hmm. and fellowship over food and get back to having dinner around the table, right? Okay. The pandemic really instigated that movement at your home. At home. Yeah. And so 
We're like, comfort food. Let's do some really badass comfort food. Family style meals. Make it affordable. And it just took off like wildfire. And then once we were able to so open So you were Mecca, selling a lot of to-go Oh, yeah. Like stuff. chicken piccata, meatloaf. You, ch- you changed your... Mm, oh, yeah. 100%. To more simple family yep. style. Yep. Can you... Were you like freaking out? at all i mean you just, you just did like we pivoted fast well you i mean just, you just you spent all of your i mean like you just decked out this whole restaurant bar it, it I mean, was really one of those like i didn't really have an option this is yeah. your shot you just you're taking your shot yeah i was like we're either gonna either blaze a glory or it's gonna work and what, it's gonna be what awesome. was going through your head when i was like i have a two-year-old at home mm-hmm. i'm like freaking out i'm like all right so this is i'm responsible for 62 employees that i just furloughed that's hard. hundred percent. Cause like these, so like it goes back to, it's a people business. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, all right. So this is what we decided on was like, all right, we kept all of our salary managers on staff, went all curbside to go alcohol to go, whatever that looked like. Every single penny of gratuity that we raised, we really pushed that on social too, about like, it all goes into a fund for our hourly employees. Mm-hmm. Salary managers aren't keeping any of this money. Mm. It gets dispersed twice a month. They get a check, boom. And so we had great, great regulars that come in, but like they buy two $40 meals and tip 300 bucks. Wow. Wow. That's cool. Super cool. And so like we lost one staff member coming back. No way. It's because they moved. Crazy. That's the only reason we lost them. Really? And so I still have first time, like first day people mm-hmm. that work there and love it. And so it, it really just kind of, you have to be a good boss and you have to take care of your people. We're just stewards. But it's also expensive to do that. I mean, it's oh, like, yeah, it's, yeah. 100%. It's, it's not like, dude, yeah. What, what kind of debt? Like, I mean, like, are you allowed to talk numbers? Are we allowed to talk yeah, numbers talk on a numbers, podcast? Like a typical restaurant, you throw on, throw in that you're three months in or you're or however many months in, right? Well, three or four months into the pandemic hits and then you've got to, you're the owner, so you yeah. got to personally guarantee it. We, right. you know, when we buy houses, it's like, well, you're signing your life away. Exactly, we got a million dollars worth of debt. Well, if this goes under, so like, where you are you at in relation? Wishbone and Flint, I think we, I, I want to say it's like one point two total. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, you start getting into stuff like Parker, Parker County is two point one. Wow, Trey Mowgli's up there about two, two and a half. Um. Yeah, it gets scary. So, but that's, that's yeah. scary when that stuff happens. But you got to have faith. That's right. And I you got to go for I it. I have faith in my team. I have faith in my people. Um, I have faith in my business partners that we're making the right decisions mm-hmm. and progressing it the right way and, and not – we're doing our diligence on what we want to open, where we want to open, and how we open it. And so we have this conversation all the time in partner meetings. It's like, oh, I got this space. We should put this here. I go, don't think about it that way. We need to walk the space, listen to it, look at what's around. Because the other thing is, like, especially in Southside, there's no place for me, no reason for me to open a biscuit place in Southside. Yeah. Why would I put Sarah out of business on purpose? It doesn't make sense. So why don't we open something that's that's complementary to the area to drive more foot traffic so we all progress and make more money? Mm-hmm. And so if you think about, like, Sean at Southside Cellars, awesome craft beer bar. We give Tober a lot of hell because I'm like, oh, great. You can open a whiskey bar across from my speakeasy. Thanks, dude. But he fits really well. It's like he's lived there forever. Super nice guy. You got Bearded Lady, does the same thing as Sean for the most part, but has food. 
so we all cohabitate really well. You got teenies that just came in with Sarah Castillo, which, which I say just came in. She was the first person to sign a lease in that area. Mm-hmm. But she had just biz, building issues and building issues. Now they got this phenomenal concept down there, her and Glenn and Christian. And then you got Funky Picnic up at the top of the brewery. You got Macy with Hop across the street. Um, Megan's opening the bottle shop right there where Frank Kent used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you got the 411. You got um, Black Cat back behind us. There's so many com- options. Com- yeah, camaraderie, community, and it's all different. 100%. And so the whole goal with Trey Mowgli with the Italian concept we're opening, family style. High wait, wait, hold on. So, so to clarify, you're, yeah. op- you're opening – this is one of your new things. New spot. Next, we're, next we're, door to Wishbone. <laughs> Stephen's always jumping to the next – Sorry. Yeah. I, I, you can't, I feel like I'm I can't very have, squirrel. I can't, sorry. <laughs> I can't have a conversation with you where you're talking about like here's the next – Yeah, so Trey Mowgli means three wives in Italian. Oh, so that's the name of the. I thought you were talking about a person. No, Trey Mowgli. Trey Mowgli. Mm-hmm. Yeah, T R E M O G L I. Okay. Is an Italian space yeah. that you're opening. It means on. three wives. Um, Trident Restaurant Groups. There's three of us. This is okay. for the ladies. Oh, that's cool. Um, and where's this going? This is going on South Main. 401 South Main. So, okay. cool front facing on Main. It's kind of a cool little setup because the front, if you're looking at the restaurant, Broadway. Runs right into the restaurant. Okay. Yeah. I have two of the original church pews from for church pews from Broadway Baptist. Oh, really? That will be the flanking seating for my cocktail lounge in the downstairs. Oh, that's awesome. So this is like, is this upscale? Is this... Yeah, very high. Kind of like, so you've been to Carmine's no. in Vegas or New York or Chicago, mm-hmm. same type of concept. Yeah. High end family style. That's kind of, I mean, for the lack of a better term, that's the analogy for it. Um, There's nothing really like that in town, right? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Wood burning oven, but no pizza. Ooh, there's too many pizza options. Yeah, I'm not trying. JJ Area is owning the pizza team yeah. between Zoli's and Connie Rosa, and then what Black Cat's doing is really cool too. Behind us, but I, I take it back. I have one pizza. Kids cheese pizza. It's twelve bucks. <laughs> if you have pizza and you're over twelve, it's forty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not cannibalizing my diner for pizza. Uh, yeah. What, what's what's the timeline on this? Uh, we're looking probably November. It's mm. it's close. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's we're just exciting. waiting for my pizza oven to be delivered. That's all I'm waiting on. <laughs> so, wh- I want a cu- I have a couple questions I want to ask. W- w- one thing I want to point out, like you were telling the story about not having to walk in because it's you're giving up before top, and that right. you did you just rattled off some math. So I, I have play, had a little stint in the restaurant mm-hmm. industry, hired a handful of chefs. I have never had a chef think that way. You have to. Well. You should, but I, I just I think that's the difference between a just a sh- I, I cook I'm a I'm a really creative in the kitchen mm-hmm. and a, a business owner, and I I would probably argue and and guess that I think one of the the secrets to your success is that you're also it's not just about the food but it's also like you got to you got to make it viable because if it's not viable you can't right. you can't keep feeding people people can't gather so part of that is I don't know if I call it selfish or whatever that looks like but. I'm always trying to justify my pay rate and my raise, right? And nine times out of ten, the person that owns the restaurant or is running the restaurant is not food-centric. Mm-hmm. And so they're normally an accountant or a business person of some sort. You have to speak to the numbers. I'm like, I need a raise. Okay, why? Show me yeah. how. I'm like, okay, perfect. I've built the business by 18% year over year for the last three years, blah, blah, blah. I've only made a 6% increase in payment. You speak all these numbers. If and- someone said that to me, I would be like, raise right now. Yeah, raise. And right? also, because, can you run my business? Because they have your yeah. viability yeah. first and foremost in mind. Because if you're making money, 
I'm making money. Yeah, if someone's like, I incre- I increased the pie. Right. I increased it. I saved you money. I made you money. Exactly. And that's so now when we talk about success and it's like to me success is how many I've promoted 15 executive chefs out of my kitchen in my career. Wow. I take great pride in that mm-hmm. because I'm helping someone better their life and break their gap, right? Mm-hmm. And so as I tell my sous chefs, I'm like, look, I was like, you got to come into me with solutions. If you want to raise, you need to show me that you drop labor by 2%. You created a bigger gap in cost of goods off earning potential and all these things. I was like, you're no longer a chef. You have to be a business person mm. to do that and move forward. Do people and get that? Do like most people get I that? I think he does now. Okay. I mean, when you when you actually walk people through it and you're like, I'm not giving you a raise because you want a raise. And they're like, you watch them try to like process it. I was like, you need to give me a reason. So what what percentage of your mind, like whenever you walk into the restaurant, is going towards Okay, cost of goods sold, waste, uh, table turnaround time, right? Mm-hmm. All kind of like these business components, and then, like, I feel like you meet a chef and you you just want to hear them say, "I just love cooking," you know? It's like there's a creative. I mean, it's twenty percent. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. I mean, it, passion is huge. Don't get me wrong. <clears throat> Excuse me, but like to be successful, you're saying you that, have to have that. the whole package. You have to have eighty percent business. Like I think so. I mean, because yeah. it, it at the end of the day, it's numbers. Yeah. Have you always liked numbers or been good with I numbers? I hate I'm awful at math. <laughs> I just feel like you sometimes sometimes you go to like a really good restaurant and you're like, dude, this food is absolutely amazing. And then they shut down, and you're like, why do they shut down? And I like I'm in my head, I'm like, well, they don't have that eighty percent. Like okay. so I'll put this into musician analogies, right? When I go to dinner, I can't just go to dinner. Yeah. I'm constantly picking it apart. That's <laughs> just the way it is. Because I'm like, I'm like, you. I'm looking at it. I'm like, I'm like, duck confit for eighteen dollars. They're losing their ass on this. <laughs> so I'm looking at like, but like, you go into a venue and you're like, I'm like, that snare is way too loud. Well, yeah, you, yeah, you can hear it. You're like, ah, ah. Yeah. But it's and same with music. Like, like my problem with most musicians, this is a blanket stereotype. Is just they, there's there's so many people I know who are way more talented than I was or we were who just did not care or think about the business. And 100%. Like you got like that's and, and it's it's a shame because if they would have had somebody in their corner, yeah. either teaching them or telling them, could have been a completely different outcome. Yeah. Stories with Soul is brought to you by 6th Ave Storytelling, an organic marketing company building standout brands on the foundation of story. We help small businesses grow by crafting and sharing their stories, because when small business thrives, cities and communities prosper. You're obsessed with your business. We want to make the world obsessed with it too. I love the business side. I love the marketing mm-hmm. and business side. I was probably less, not that great of a guitar player, but I love that component of it. I was like, push, push, push. Right. Um, but I think it's interesting. I, in my experience in the food industry, I have not met a lot of people who think that way. And I think that's one of the reasons you've been able to do what you do. So I think a lesson there is like, it's 20% food, it's 80%. I th- I think so. I mean, there's a lot of people that be like, it's 50, 50. Mm-hmm. You have to have the food to even get the business part. I mean, but that, that number fluctuates as timeline moves, right? So when you yeah. open, obviously food is, you're going to look at taking a loss at some point just because of the way it works. But to me, if you're not, if you don't have the business side in it, and we went 80% business real quick with COVID. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you just had to. And is it back? Do you feel like things are back? I think we're about 80%. Okay. I think, I think people in Fort Worth are ready. They're tired. They yeah. want to get out. 
they want to have fun and you see that with everything that's opening now mm -hmm. especially with like the revitalization of the stockyards like mule alley and the drover what sarah and glenn and christian are doing at side saddle and then you've got uh tim just opened up second rodeo that space looks awesome um and then you got marcus with provender hall which is really cool that space is beautiful food's awesome um and that's a whole nother thing he opened clay pigeon and i opened max's wine dive 32 days apart mm -hmm. wow so his father-in-law and my father-in-law played on the same texas rangers baseball team oh yeah we haven't gotten into that yeah so yeah. Who, who's who's your father-in-law jim sunberg who's one of the most famous catchers catchers in rangers history yeah and his father-in-law is jim kern Oh, the Emu, Hall wow. of Fame pitcher. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So my wife is so weird. So my that's wife, that's the solution, right? If you can yeah, find yeah. a wife that had a dad, yeah, who played ball, played for the played professionally, that's, yeah, secret to and you cook. That's it. So my wife, yeah. Marcus, and Emily all went to high school yeah. together at Martin, okay, in Arlington. But Bree jokes about it. She's like, "We're just gluttons for punishment." Yeah. My dad played pro ball. And my husband's a chef. I don't yeah. ever see anybody. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Was that intimidating? Like. Did you know her dad did that when you first started? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, all right, this is kind of cool. I was like, interesting. And it's like, I picked her up. She was at her parents' house for something. And I picked her up to take her to dinner. I was like, my phone is dead. I need to charge my phone. He's, Jim's like, yeah, just plug it in over there. I was like, all right, cool. We get to dinner. I'm like, you have got to fix this. And she's like, what? It downloaded his entire outlook into my phone. I have like Cal Ripken Jr., George Brett. <laughs> I got all, I'm like, fix this, please. I do not oh need these people's God. cell phone numbers. Yes, you do. I was like, yes, you awesome. do. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a big baseball kid growing up, so it's like, all right, this is cool. It's like, I get to hang out in circles of people. And it, it's crazy. Like number forty three, like George Bush. I got to cook for him a couple times. Um, like at his house. Uh, yeah, once at his house or once at Jim's house, once at uh, an event, yeah, through him, yeah, through your, yeah, we were, okay, so we were at dinner at Eddie V's. I remember, weirdest thing, like the Jim, Janet, Bree, and I are all at dinner, and Jim's like, oh, hey, check this out. This is cool. Air Force One is calling his cell phone, and I'm like, that's not normal. <laughs> He's like, hey, how's it going? He's like talking to the president, like at dinner. They, he just like president's board on the plane. I guess, yeah, because he was on the Rangers when he played for him. Oh, that's right. George Bush owned the Rangers. Yeah. I forgot about yeah. that. So it's like they have this great relationship. So it's like, that's way cool. I'm like, <laughs> all right, that's awesome. So it's like we were talking earlier. I was like, when you get to cook for a president, there's like a month of background check. Man. And it's like, all right, they're like, don't lie about anything. And I'm like, all right, there's a lot of stuff. I'm like, right out of high school. Just a heads up. I'm like, give me, give me, like, a, give me one story. Been, give, oh, me, give me a mistake. Uh, dumbest thing you did. Oh, yeah, that's dumbest a, thing. That's a long list. I, I, I used to fight a lot. Oh yeah, really? I used to fight yeah. a lot. Yeah, I've been really good for the last like 25 years. I feel like that's a chef mentality, right? You're just like you're yelling or I'm fighting. Is that like people. a yeah? I'm just passionate people. Passionate just a people. dumb kid. Yeah. Didn't what, know any better. What was the dumbest fight you got into? Oh. What was the reason? I'm sure it was a girl. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> just stupidity. Yeah, kind of good. Oh well, that was probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah, yeah. So, that is funny. Fun times. So cook for presidents. Yep. <laughs> I mean, just the amount of celebrities, and then um, I'm part of the Jenkins family. We do a lot of philanthropic stuff with D. Thomas and Michael Paget and all those. I don't know if you know those guys or not. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we're up to like 600 members now. But, what is that? Um, I don't know. The what Jenkins. That is. So it's like, it's, it's weird. It's like this group of, it's a lot of red dirt guys like Randy and Wade and Cody Canada are all part of it. And then a lot of local people too, but, uh, Margaret Smith is a big benefactor for that. 
And so we just we raise a lot of money for kids. Charity Foundation is one of our big ones that we do. And so um, that's why I've always known you. You've done a lot of stuff at music events and with musicians. Mm, yeah. Musicians, musicians Part of like through that is kind of how I got to. That's how I got to meet Josh. Okay. Um, because we'd, we'd do that, and then we'd do picking for premies and putting for premies and all that stuff too. And there's a little bit of like rock and rollness to what you do. Yeah, I think so. Of, and like, then it's it's funny. It's because like athletes want to be musicians, musicians want to be athletes, and chefs. It's the same way. You see a lot of chefs that are musicians, mm-hmm. like Dean Fearing and those guys. I can't carry a tune in a bucket with two backpack straps. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like I know my place. Yeah, it's with a knife, not a drumstick. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So it's like. Um, but I love, I just love music. I love live music. I love that side of it. And I'm at the point now where I'm kind of my prima donna and I'm like, oh, I'll go, but I'm going to need backstage passes. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't spoiled. Be, I can't be crammed out there in sardines. That's probably how you're with like, like baseball games and stuff too. Like I'm not paying for tickets. Oh no. I had, I, so that's funny. It's like before we got married. So Jim, like if you're, if you're married and part of the family, I'll get you tickets. But yeah. if you're not married, you got to buy your own tickets. Oh, so, yeah. 2010, so eight years, eight years. 2010, 2011, I bought all my World Series tickets. Oh, man. Yeah. So you put and then a, he's, you like, he's, like, on it. he's like, once you get married, blah, 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 blah. I was like, cool. I got married and he retired. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, come on. Yeah. We joke about it. I mean, he still takes care of a lot of stuff. We still get to go to games and we, we, we live the sweet life sometimes. It's good. That's it's fun. fun. I know. It's like we joke. It's like, I was like, oh, I'm not. I'll go, but I'm not sitting with the peasants. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> yeah. right. I joke. I, I love going to baseball games. I mean, it's it's fun. That new park is beautiful. Um, any sporting event's cool, but I'm just not. I GA concerts is just not for me. Oh uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm jaded by that. I can't like music festivals. I'm like, I can't. No, I can't do it. I'm like, I'll go, it. but I'm, I want to. I want to be over there. It sounds so pretentious right now. It sounds awful, doesn't yeah. it? I'm I was gonna like, say, y'all are drama queens over here. I don't want to oh, be like, sure. do you know who I yeah. am? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I own things. Yeah, but yeah. it's like so now it's like, well, I don't know if I can do it. I was like, I'll do the food. Yeah, there you I'll, go. I'll feed the bands and the talent, and they're like, oh yeah, come on. Yeah, like, there done. you go. Was there was there a point with Wishbone doing really, really well or, or maybe pre-COVID or coming out of COVID, we were like, man, I've I've made it. This is what I've wanted. Do you feel like you've made it? Uh, you feel like this is where I want I have, to be? I have moments where Kyle and I were doing, we Saturday night or Friday night, um, we had Kyle Park at Parker County Ice House and he rocked it. We haven't he even kill, talked about it. Parker County Ice yeah, House. Yeah, he killed it. Which is your latest restaurant? The latest restaurant, yeah. It's uh, Ice House, kind of beer bar. But really good food, classical American. But then we also have a full production stage. Amphitheater seats fifteen hundred people. Wow! Um, and we're just we're watching Kyle Park on Friday night. And we're how, like, how many people were there? Uh, we were right about nine hundred. Wow, that's a, a good show. Lot was a good show of people. Um, so at that point, we were like, "This well, is that, my we're just kinda, place." <laughs> we're kind of like, "We're like, bro, like this is this is pretty cool." Like yeah. for us to be blessed to be doing the numbers we're doing and having the shows that we've booked. Um, by the way, Ricochet be there Thursday. We need you to buy tickets. Um, <laughs> yeah, plug. It's like, it's it's cool. It's, it's it's to be able to have a little bit more financial freedom mm-hmm. and not have to worry about like, oh man, I don't know if we can do that or we can afford that. Now it's like, there's a lot of you stress. Can that, you yeah, can there's a lot of stress yeah. that comes off of you. You know, and it's like now we know that we've outgrown our house, and so and I know you guys are doing stuff. So we're looking for a new home. So I know a guy. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. sure you do. So, um, 
I'm not really sure what my wife wants to stay in Arlington. I don't know if I necessarily want to stay in Arlington. Um, I wouldn't mind moving forward side. At the same time, I, I really want dirt. I want the unicorn. There you go. 50 a lot of land in the middle of the city. Acres, real close to the city. Yeah. Real cheap. Yeah. Like that's what I'm yeah. looking for. Yeah. It doesn't exist. So yeah. we've gone as far as Peaster, <clears throat> and it's still like, well, how much for that? Yeah. yeah. So I think we'll probably start looking for like a weekender property. Mm. A couple hours out and yeah. go from there and have a house here. There you go, but man. That's exciting. That's a yeah. big deal. It's a, that's adulting in its finest form, right? Yeah, yeah, that's like you're you that I would say that's making it. Whenever so you're talking about a weekend home, two kids, um, two kids, sixteen hundred square feet. It's a little cramped. Yeah. So. Okay, so changing subjects subjects here a little bit. So. Jamie just asked you, you know, what you feel like you made it. At what point do you feel like you made it? I feel like that ice house moment, you know, is that one of those moments? What, when was there a moment, or maybe there's a couple where it was like, dude, we're not making it. And not only are we not making it, but I'm, I, I just want to be out of here. Was it the um, Houston experience or was it like, was it a mistake that you made? Were you like, I'm, dude, I'm done. I'm toast. I've had a couple of those. Um, when I left, Let's see. When I left Brackets, I was kind of on the fence. Even though I got recruited out, I was mm -hmm. like, I don't know if this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. It was just a beating. It, yeah. it is very physically taxing. Just on your, just the hours, the amount of hours standing up, moving. It, the, the stooping and bending over and all that. Like, my back is wrecked. Yeah. I got bad knees. But at the end of the day, it's watching people enjoy what you create. So it kind of makes you happy. Mm -hmm. Um Coming back from Houston, that 30 days was like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Yeah. Okay. You almost doing the towel. Yeah. It was real close. And it goes back to my wife being the push. And it was like, no, if you quit now, you'll regret you'll regret this the rest of your life. Mm. And so uh, she was a real instrument, instrumentative in me really getting back on the horse, so to speak, and going back to work and really taking that first two weeks I didn't really cook. And then I just started cooking at home and I was like, all right, cool. Back to finding what I want to do and go from there. And then there's, I mean, opening a restaurant is hard. Yeah, man. Like, especially when you're financially responsible for it, you're just like, oh, there's days where you're just like trying to find investment and like where your clock is ticking down, where you might lose this property or this space and you don't have these things or you're waiting for this to happen here so that this can happen here. There's a lot of you have to wait for this for that. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the most stressful thing is because it's completely out of your control. Yeah. And so timelines with banks and com different companies and con oh, construction. Don't get me started on construction. It's like, it's <laughs> yeah. Yes. The and permits then, and the timing and the... Not so much. That's like the price of a two by four right now. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And like, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to frame it with steel because it's cheaper. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it almost it's so dumb. I'm like, all right, yeah, this is awesome. I was like, like, yeah, <clears throat> like the turnarounds and all of that, and then the overruns. Oh, that's my favorite word. What, Over, what is that? Overrun. So it's like, oh yeah, you're two hundred thirty thousand dollars overrun on your your uh, materials cost. Oh, oh gosh, yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, thanks. Or now it's like I'm driving to work, so I'm, I drive out to Parker County, and I pass that flatbed. It's got like I don't know a million and a half dollars worth of plywood on it. Yeah, because it's literally that's what it's worth. Yeah, it's like. Oh my gosh! People that's are now crazy. going to hijack. That's lumber wild trucks. though that you're doing these 
project's that big. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, it's awesome. That's really it's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I love it. It's stressful as hell, yeah. but I love it. <laughs> so what's the what's the longest you've gone without sleeping in the in the, in the restaurant business? Yeah, yeah. It's probably two and a half days. <laughs> I knew it was going to be two plus. Yeah. I knew it was. Oh, word. Well, I can tell you which furniture is the most comfortable in the, tra- in the Amber Room, though. <laughs> how, many nights, how many times have you slept in the Amber Room? Oh, man. Since we opened? Probably 15. Wow. Easy, Gosh, man. But easy that, 15. that's what it, people were like, I want to own a restaurant. I want to own, I want to own a bar. I want, that's, what it, that's what it takes. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of sacrifice. There's a lot of for sure. hundred percent. And especially when you're the owner. Yeah. So I, I kind of on subject, tell me about just your leadership style. I, I think one of the hardest things about having a business is managing people. Right. It's one thing to have like, I have like two or three employees, but one, another, now you have a couple concepts. Each one probably has its own culture. Mm-hmm. Culture is a good word. How how do you shape that culture or create that culture? You have to breed it from the very beginning. And how what does that mean for lead, you? Lead from the front, A plus. How how do you do um, that? I just sent this. I sent something to my business partner yesterday about it. It's like, not my job is not in my vocabulary. Hmm. And case in point, last week he's humping a hundred cases of beer and fifty kegs from one spot to another, and I'm doing the same thing with cases of food. And showing your team that it's not above my reproach, yeah. no matter where I am, to get down and dirty in the trenches with you. Because if I won't do that same job, why would you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll scrub toilets and clean the bathrooms. I got no problem with it. Yeah. I'll hump the trash out, whatever. And if you show that from the very beginning, your team will walk alongside you the same way. And, and do you say that out loud too? hundred percent. Yeah. And it's not even about speaking it out. It's it's showing. Showing it. it. Yeah. That kind because, of servant leadership. And... Kyle is the first person to tell you, he's like, I'll be right there with you mm-hmm. side by side. Mm-hmm. And that's why we do make great partnership is we kind of joke that we're Dr. Peppers. I was like, Kyle's at a 12 all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at a, like a six and okay. Wally's at a two. Okay. So it's like, that's how we operate. And we all feed off each other very well. And it, it's great when Kyle starts talking. Cause he's like, you don't mistake my passion for anger. I'm very passionate about what I do. And I expect the same passion out of people. And it took me about a year to really understand how he operates because I'd be like, dude, you're wearing me out. I can't deal with you right now. Now it's like, okay, I know how he works. How he knows how I work and how we fit into the project together. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's, it's a great partnership because we all bring something to the table that the others don't. So it's all about surround people, surround yourself with people that are better at things that you weren't. Mm-hmm. And it all comes together. It's about finding your people, right? Don't yeah, find that goes pur- back to your don't original. find your purpose. Find your people. That was that's the overall theme for today. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. What what about? I, I think one of the things I'm, I've always been impressed with or a, a fan of, e- even at, back in the day at, at Max's, was just consistency, executing service at a very high level. What does it take to to hold people accountable to do that? Just hold yourself accountable. It kind of goes back to that same process, right? So it's like I've traveled the country eating food. I mean, you're a musician. you traveled everywhere eating. The thing I don't understand is 75% of the chefs in this business are 100% okay delivering 75% quality product. Hmm. It makes no sense. If my name's attached to it, I want you to know that, that I put my heart and soul and the best possible thing on the plate I could. But I don't understand. That's, but that's integrity. 
but you should live that life. You should live life that way, right? Yeah. I mean, what am I teaching my kids if I'm half-assing everything? Yeah, but what do you do whenever you got a sous chef or a line chef? You know, somebody that's like they're not cutting it. Yeah, they're not living up to that standard. Like they're not living up to that standard. I get it. Like there's a you, lot of trust. You breed them. You mm-hmm. breed that into them, and you bring that culture. Once you have it, it's there. But occasionally, you're going to get people that aren't. And it is. That's just nature yeah. of business. It is what it is. You have to be able to recognize it quickly, mm-hmm. and how to react differently. So, I've worked with people that are like you can't treat people differently. I'm like that's that's bullshit, right? Because. I know if I yell at this kid, he's going to shut down and I'm not going to get anything out of him. Yep. But if I pamper this dude over here, he's just going to get lazier. Yep. So you have to be able to read people and how people people. respond 100%. So it's like, I know like at Max's because open kitchen, I love the open kitchen concept. I want people to see it. And I'm lighting this kid up because he didn't put a half chicken in the pan when he should have waited like 15 minutes. So that turns that ticket into 25 minutes into 45 minutes. And this lady behind me was like, I want to know where my food is. I was like, well, let me find out. And I'm just lighting this kid up. She's yeah. like, you don't have to be a dick to him. I was like, you want your food, but you don't want to know how it gets here. <laughs> <laughs> and so I get this Yelp review. It's like the chef was very Ramsey-esque. And I was like, oh, here it goes. Oh, here man. it goes. I was like, uh-huh. like it would have been way worse if there was a wall here. Okay, yeah, Just yeah. a heads up. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I'm like, you just, you get what you get. And I like the open kitchen because it's dinner and a show. Yeah. And I'm very loud. I'm very prominent in the restaurant because I expect high demands from people. And mm-hmm. we Which, have this saying, we have this saying at Trident. It's like, you get a hundred percent of my money. I get a hundred percent of your time. Yep. Hmm. Because and you're setting the tone. Like you can demand that because you're giving all that's of that. That's a Kyleism. Yeah. That's a Kyleism. We're having t-shirts made. Yeah. <laughs> because, it, but he's right. I mean, we, we give him hell about it all the time, but he's a hundred percent right. Mm-hmm. If I'm paying you and you expect your paycheck at a certain time, I expect results from you due to your position. <laughs> Wait, say that, say that line one more time. I get a hundred percent. You get a hundred percent of my money. I, I expect 100% of your time. That's good. That's good. Oh, I got a bunch of them. They're great. Give me some more. Give me some more of those. Yeah. I love them. Uh, Domino's. What does that mean? Your pizza's okay, but your delivery sucks. <laughs> <laughs> because the way people talk to people. Yeah. Right? So there's that one. There's a... Uh, oh, what was the one you said? There was one for the other day. I don't remember. I'll, I'll figure it out here in a minute. Yeah. Oh, uh... No, that wasn't it. It was something about cadence. I don't remember what it was, but it was awesome. Do y'all, do y'all as a team or as a restaurant or group of restaurants, do y'all have core values or like? Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, integrity, number one, first and foremost. The whole not my job, not my vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything has to have purpose. What What does that mean? Um, why, don't spin your wheels for no reason. So it's like you need to always work with purpose and there needs to be an end game for why you're doing it. Because if you're just doing it to do it, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Because if you're just doing it to do it, you're probably doing it half-assed anyways. And so it's that whole, like, do it like no one's watching. Mm-hmm. And so all comes down to integrity and how we make that work and how we come together as a whole to deliver the best thing to the guest that's possible. Um, my biggest thing is that no matter how much money you're spending, you should get the same value. Um, when I was, nah, I was 22, I took a girl on a date to the mansion on Turtle Creek and I had $345 in my pocket cash, nothing in my bank account. Wow. 
pray and she didn't order the lobster. <laughs> right? That's so like I'm, that's the most expensive place in Dallas. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. This is most, this but I really want to take this girl and show her out, right? Okay. And so I've got a fifty dollar bottle of wine on the table. Mm-hmm. The guy next to me is drinking a five thousand dollar Bordeaux. Whoa. Stupid amount of money. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Dean Fearing makes his round through the through the dining room. Treats me the exact same as that guy. He came to your table. Hundred percent. Wow, that's cool. And that has resonated with me since that day because it's not about how much money you have. It's about me thanking you for spending your hard-earned money in my establishment. Mm. And so you'll see me. It's like I'm touching tables all the time, yeah. thanking people for being in there. And Kyle and Wally get on to me because they're like, you're not in the restaurant enough. I'm like, well, we got three other things I'm working on. <laughs> like, you can be there all the time. Yeah. He's like, people, all the restaurants. people expect to see you. I was like, well, let me clone myself real quick. And yeah, get this yeah. Done. But it is kind of the it, magic. Like when you, when you, I've been there and I've seen you do it and you're going around to the tables. You stop by our table. I'm like, what should I get? Yeah, like, get the PB and J wings. You have get, to. Yeah. You have to. It's like you've been here before. No. All right. This is what you have to get. First and foremost, you can come back and get the other but stuff that's, later. That's the magic, you know. I think. Right. And it, and it, it's about like if if you're trying if you're on a date with somebody and you're trying to show out, and the chef comes by your table and spends time to talk to you. You got come on, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, you yeah. feel good. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. It's crazy. So it's like that's but it should be. And unfortunately, in our business, we do have a lot of introverts that will not come out. Um, but I think it's getting better. I think people are realizing that you have to you have to have that interaction with your guests mm-hmm. uh, and treating everybody the same. That's a great mm-hmm. principle. Yeah, hundred percent. What anything else you've learned? If you could go back to your your younger self starting out, what would you? Young chef, the Houston trip for sure. It's about listening to your people. Mm. Um, a lot of us cook what we want to cook. But we don't listen to people like case in point. So I put I did a half roasted chicken and I did this like roasted beet risotto. People don't eat beets. But it looked really pretty and I was like, this is the baddest dish. Uh-huh. And I sold like seven. <laughs> I was like, damn it. And my boss at the time was like, you know, you should probably go back to the wild mushroom risotto, not the beet. And I was like, yeah, whatever, whatever. He's like, seriously, he's like, run it for a week and then let me know what happened. And yeah. I sold 74. Oh my gosh. Why don't you switch it? I was like, damn it, he's right. Yeah. So it's like now, it's like, if you just listen to people, it's amazing what can happen. Yeah. And that goes to marriage too. It's like, if, if you're not so stubborn, you so take a minute on and yourself. listen. Yeah, you take a minute and it's not, you take the narcissism out of it or whatever you want to call it. You're like, this isn't about just me now. Yeah. It's about three other people I'm responsible for. You listen to them, you can make things happen. And that that's staff included. Like my staff knows that they have an idea they can always bring it to us and we will entertain it regardless yeah. of what it is. It's not like I'm not going to blow you off. I'm like, all right. It's that same thing. It's like they bring it to the table and you're like, all right, well, why? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I had this guest here that did this and they've seen it done this way. And I'm like, all right, well, let's try it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We'll go from somewhere else. Yeah. And I think that speaks to why we have staff that stays because mm-hmm. they feel empowered. A hundred percent. hundred percent. But they have, cool. they have ownership in something. And we don't take credit for other people's ideas. Yeah, I like that. Because it's not my place to take credit for that. People are like, this dish is great. Man, your new menu is awesome. I was like, I didn't have any input on the new menu. That's my chef de cuisine and my sous chef, 100%. And they're like, I've never heard a chef speak like that. That's some humility. 100%. Yeah. But cool. I'm only as good as the people that work for me. Mm. Because if I didn't have them, where would I be? Right? Uh, so yeah, it's yeah. like, I had this conversation with Michael Crane the other day. I was like, 
I was like, it's all about people, dude. It's like, if you don't give people the ability and the trust and the, the willingness to do what they want to do and be good at it, then they're stifled and they're going to go somewhere else. So if you have a bartender that has three drinks on the menu that are his or hers, yeah, they're going to be super happy. They're going to be excited. To, yeah. to they're not going to be late. They're going to be on time. They're going to do their job. And they know that there's some place for them higher in the company later in, in life as we grow because they see how we operate and how we move forward and go from there. It's like uh, Parker County Ice House. Like I had a kid, uh, this kid Jace was working at a place in Weatherford and was literally killing him because he's standing over a mesquite grill, inhaling all this smoke. It was literally killing him. And he came to work for us. And I was like, look, dude, I was like, you need to go home. And he's like, why? I was like, you look spent. And he's like, well, I have four, four more hours on my shift. I was like, I'll work your shift. Go home. Wow. Yeah. Get some rest. And he's That's like, cool. I've never had a boss that ever looked out for me. His wife had her wisdom teeth pulled and I called him. And I was like, hey, I was like, how's Joy doing? He's like, are you seriously calling me to check on my wife? <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude. I was like, you're my employee. I was like, I have like passion. I, I have value in you. Yeah. I want to know you're okay. Mm-hmm. He's like, I've never had a boss ever like call and check up on us. And I'm like, that's, this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. And it's lost in our business. It's, it's about people. And if you're not taking and care of your people. And if you're the people, top, you're kind of, you're the protector. hundred you percent. Know? I'm responsible for all these people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like, if I go out of business, you have no job. Yeah, man. And so, that's good. It's crazy. It's fun times. I got a, I got a few rapid questions. Yeah. Uh, before we before we finish out. Okay. Worst injury in the in the. He's got you two, ever cut a finger? I saw, yeah, I saw, I like, I I saw two band aids. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, um, worst injury. You're cut like a like almost. I well, this one's pretty bad. I tried to rip the fingernail off. I smashed it between two kegs. <laughs> okay, oh, and no. it was like as soon as I did it, like your whole hand went numb, and you're like, oh, "That's bad." <laughs> you don't want to look real down. Bad. Oh, yeah, man. duct tape is super glue. It makes the world go around. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's probably that one. Or um, oh, I slipped on a well, not restaurant related. No, well, yeah, sure, let's do it. I let's slipped on a Lego like a month and a half ago at the house. <laughs> Completely a kid injury. Completely dislocated my hip. <laughs> no, uh-huh. like the worst thing ever. Oh my. And I broke a rib on the way down. Oh it was miserable. Gosh. I just laid on the ground crying. Oh my, my wife's like, get up. <laughs> Stop being a little girl. I was, like, like, I was like, I dislocated my hip. <laughs> you need the the the, the life alert. Life alert. Yeah. Yes. It's like home alone. They like yeah. put the Legos I know everybody's out. like, you need a better story than that. Dude, that is hysterical. Like, kids, on man. Lego, kids. Yeah. Dude. I can relate to that. Kids. Ah. It is what it is. All right. Worst dish you've ever made. That you like regret. You're like, I cannot believe I put that on a menu. Um, normally, it doesn't even make it to the menu, which is good. I have enough people eyes that look at it. Okay. Um, well, you can give one of those then. I did. What did we? Do? I did a curry dish once that was just. It was just awful. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was like, man, this is gonna be so good, so good. And it was like, no. Yeah. It no, just, no matter what I did to it, it just got worse. Yeah. I was like, no, scrap it. I was like, we're not selling this anymore. It's like, it's like. One of those menus has got like the sharpie through it. Yeah, uh-huh. you feel awful when you have to do that to a menu, and you're just like, I, I can't kill sell it. it. Kill it. it. Yep, it's dead. Best dish that never sold. Was, was it, it the beef dish? Chicken with the roasted beef. Yep. Oh, yeah. The best dish is like tastes uh, amazing. Sweetbreads. Sweetbreads at, at Max's. Oh, because they are the best chicken nuggets you'll ever have. Yeah. 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 And people just couldn't get past it. They couldn't get past yeah. it. Yeah. Gosh, man. Okay. That, that and the beef, the beef tongue cheesesteak. Oh, it was a 64-day dry-aged beef tongue cheesesteak. Wow. It was phenomenal. That's People are like, awesome. I'm not they eating can't, They can't. I'm not eat, yeah, I'm not eating it. My dad God. likes sweetbreads. I remember yeah. we got those. We ordered They're those. so good. Yeah. 
They like chicken nuggets. Yeah. I would 100% not be surprised if somewhere down the line McDonald's comes out and like, we've been serving you sweetbreads all along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You just didn't know that it. probably yeah. is the it, case. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gosh, like, man. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Okay. And then what's next? But tell us what, yeah. what's All right. What's, so you, we have got- Wishmore Flint, Amber Room, Parker County just opened. Trey Mowgli will open in November. Um, we're working on an incubator project, non-chef side. So, so <clears throat> pardon me. Dalworthington Gardens, uh, South Arlington, Pleasant Ridge, and Bowen. Uh, we're working on a project. It's six to eight shipping containers. This is kind of our give back project. We'll just be the landlord, um, flat rate rent, and really just give people the option to break their generational gap. Whether you have trying to start a food truck or something like that, and you need to get bigger and grow and have branding, you can come in here, get it started, get it going. And if you outgrow that, we're working on a second project with the city, which will be more of a brick and mortar, larger scale project of that to move you into like a uh, into an actual storefront. So the wow. idea is it's like these are kind of micro spaces. Yes. So the, so yeah. the rent mm-hmm. is cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a like great a place to start It's like out. an eight by, I think they're eight by 40 shipping container uh, and it has a commercial kitchen i guess like, you'll we'll white box it and then okay. they can it'll, it'll have all the utilities run and you just set your own wow. stuff um one container will be a bar one container will be the restrooms and then probably six uh so kind of like a, it'll be like a little food like a little miniature trinity groves that's and then cool. like common ground area to eat and and Man. uh sit and go from there so i feel like that should be on a, a tv series yeah. be you fun. know what i mean just film it f- and top person gets the brick and mortar at the end right? kind of thing you know yeah most popular. I don't, I don't chef TV, man. <laughs> Have you ever been on chef? A chef I've been on show? a bunch of stuff on TV, Travel Channel, Cooking Channel, uh, stuff like that. Everybody asked me if I would do chopped top. I might do top. I might chef? do chopped. Oh, I probably yeah. wouldn't do top, top Chef. Okay. Um, mostly because you're gone for two months. Oh gosh. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. And I, I like seems... being in a business, and I don't want to. Yeah. Leave that. Um, funny stories like when they did the Dallas one. Uh-huh. Kevin Martinez and I audition together oh wow. oh really yeah and so like i mean kevin martinez is bigger than life too so it's like i've got the mohawk you got kevin martinez and they're like y'all are too much oh, they said that <laughs> yeah and i was like i was like man uh, that and i'm like i'm i'm awful at answering questions in complete sentences <laughs> and that's what how they want you to answer because you're uh, always on camera uh-huh. and so they're like oh when i was a kid i wanted to do this i'm like i'm awful yeah. at that i'm like i'm off the cuff yeah yeah and so i don't know i just Mm-hmm. All right. Well, no, no cooking shows, but maybe chopped. Yeah, maybe chopped. Yeah, yeah. I'm down with that. Yeah. So the, the Arlington Incubator. Yeah. And then you. And then, so side project, not Trident. Um, my business partner is Kyle Bryson, who also owns have a company called Two Crazy Fellas. So they do a bunch of weird stuff. They got like racehorses, <laughs> uh, tour buses. Oh, really? I think y'all actually took one of their tour buses once. Maybe. Um, <laughs> and then. Um, we just took over shipping, the old shipping and receiving. Oh, and so man. I'm just kind of a silent hand on that. And then we bought Leon Bridges piano that was in there. So we left it in the space. So like two days after we signed paperwork on it, he recorded his last music video in that space. Oh, no it's just way. him, a bar stool, a guitar and a fog machine. Oh, wow. Coolest thing ever. Wow. And so you're reactivating that bar. Yeah. We're going to call it distribution bar. Um, it's, a little bit more elevated in seating okay. kind of stuff, but we'll still have the same type of setup. And are you overseeing uh, programming? No, there's no food, nothing okay. like that. I'm just, I'm, I'm silent. I can just kind of hang out and I, I miss that bar. I love that bar. Yeah. It's yeah. so much fun. But they And that's pulled, like your back door. I mean, that's like yeah, right 100%. down the street from you. They pulled that beautiful walnut bar out. Oh, so wow. we, have, we have to bar. build, yeah, we have to build a new bar. Wow. So, but it'll be fun. Um, 
the people that bought that building from Eddie um, are keeping the event space mm-hmm. that's back there where the studio is. And then they'll do weddings and stuff in the yard where the stage is. But then we can utilize it for live shows yeah, in cool. the meantime. But I think we're going to do it more like up and coming local, not as much like national stuff. I think we've got enough venues for that. Otherwise, yeah. it would be good. Um, oh, wait, Michael Rooker was in uh, Amber Room last, yesterday for an interview. Really? Yeah, Yondu. I was like, that's so cool. Wow. Yeah, and then, you know, Jesse uh, England, right? Uh-huh. Okay, so she's out on a patio because she books all the music for Sunday brunch. So he's like, hey, you mind showing me around Fort Worth, blah, blah, blah. So she got to be Michael Rooker's tour guide for Fort Worth yesterday. Why, why was he here? Um, um, Lee, uh, what's his last name? He's in SC Buildings or Offices, but uh, Forward Camera. But he does, uh, he was doing an interview with him in Amber Room. That's him cool. and uh, um, somebody else. I don't remember who else it was, but super cool. Off subject, sorry. Well, that's you have that's a lot of yeah, a lot of, of irons and lots the of fire. stuff. We're busy people. That's exciting, man. Yeah. Super exciting for you. Well, we thanks. So, so if people want to want to learn more, mm-hmm. where where should they go? Uh, tridentrestaurantgroup.com or if you go to wishboneandflint.com go scroll to the bottom and subscribe to the newsletter that kind of gets you everything that we're doing in the future and all the live music stuff and um, wine dinners and all that fun stuff Cool, man. Yeah. Thanks so, for coming on. This is awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you yeah, all for having me. Well, guys, you got to shut me up sometimes. I, I'm no, squirrely. This is good. Oh, squirrely. This is I ramble good. a lot. Is, I mean, really I'm just, I'm blown away at the amount of stuff you have done or doing. I mean, yeah. I'm um, blessed. That's like I said, I use that word a lot, but yeah. it's true. Yeah. So. I, I, I think it's, you just favor. I think it, blessed is good. I mean, you, yeah, you've 100%. done stuff. And, and uh, give all the glory, man. That's yeah. all it is. That's, That's so cool. cool. That's cool. Well, Absolutely. thank you for joining us. Uh, if you like what you hear, comment, leave a message, like it, share it. Thank you for listening to Stories with Soul. Congratulations, you made it all the way to the end. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Stories with Soul. If you enjoyed the interview and like what you heard, please help us out and share, subscribe, and like anywhere you listen to podcasts. When you share and subscribe, it is insanely helpful and allows us to keep producing new episodes. You can always join us directly in the studio by watching the video version on our website, sixthavstorytelling.com. Stories with Soul is brought to you by Six Apps Storytelling, an organic marketing company building standout brands on the foundation of story. You're obsessed with your business and we want to make the world obsessed with it too. Thanks for listening.